We are officially one month into the Detroit Tigers season. So we are going to take a look back at April, talk about what went right, what went wrong, which is a much longer list. And then, yeah, just a one month in checkpoint. Just talk about where the team's at. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Okay, everybody, welcome in to an off-day episode of uh, Lockdown Tigers. So we're going to do, like I said at the beginning there, a one month in recap, I guess that's the word. We're just going to kind of gather ourselves, talk about where the team is at one month into the season. You know, with baseball, there's a game every day. So we got a lot of game recaps and stuff to talk over. So I just want to talk in in whole, just about every aspect of this team, offense, pitching, starting and bullpen, defense, uh, and just what, not adjustments, I guess is the word, but what needs to be done for throughout the remainder of the season, May, and looking further ahead, uh, and, and what kind of you can look at to what needs to get better. Obviously, that's a lot of things. We're not just going to say everything because that feels a little easy, even though it's true. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're just going to kind of do an overall recap of the first month of the season and see where the team stands. Okay. So, starting with the offense, they have the fewest runs scored in baseball with 88. The Royals have 96, the Marlins have 98. Uh, those are the only three teams with under 100 runs scored so far this season. 88, the worst in baseball by eight runs at the time of this recording. Uh, now, that's obviously awful. Why is it awful? Why are you the way that you are? Okay, uh, they're tied for 11th in hard hit rate as a team in baseball. That's good. They're almost top 10 in the league in team hard hit rate. Just over 40% of the balls they put in play are hard-hit balls. But they're in the bottom eight in barrel percentage, and they have the lowest slug in the game of baseball. The lowest. Worse than the Nationals, the A's, the Royals, you name it, the lowest. So, they have the eighth highest ground ball rate as a team in the league and the second lowest line drive rate. And I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you right now. I don't want this to just get thrown to the wayside. Like, they are hitting the ball hard, and they're all either cans of corn to the outfield, which is a lot, or they're ground balls, and they're hitting them hard straight into the dirt. Second lowest line drive rate in baseball. That is what you're taught to do. That's the goal. When you get into the batter's box in T-ball, in Little League, hey, Timmy, hit the, the sweet part of the bat, right? You're going for the barrel. Get the sweet part of the bat, the sweet spot. And, and try and hit a line drive up the middle. Now, obviously, as you get older, the up the middle thing can change a little bit. Uh, but, like, you're you're trying to hit the ball hard on the sweet spot on a line. 
And this team is crushing the ball either into the dirt or getting under it. They also, hard hit rate doesn't take into account the fact that they have the fifth most strikeouts in the game of baseball as an offense and the eighth fewest walks as a team. So that dominate the strike zone thing. Uh, One month in to the Scott Harris era is certainly not happening on the offensive side of the ball. Clutch hitting, we've talked about a million times. 189 batting average with runners in scoring position. League average is 256, and you're the only team under 200. That means there's zero teams in the league that have a batting average with runners in scoring position that's from 190 to 199 because you're below 190. That's mind-boggling stuff. So what needs to improve? Uh, I don't want to undersell or ignore the fact that every single player on this team outside of Zach McKinstry and Jake Rogers, you could look in the eye and be like, you should be hitting better. I think that's probably fair. Veerling's close, but probably him too a little bit. He can't barrel up a baseball currently. So like, it's a really easy thing for me to just come on and be like, everyone should be better. I don't know what you want from me. But I want to try try and at least provide a little more analysis than that. But I don't want you to get it misconstrued. Like, that is 100% true. You could be correct just by coming on here and saying everyone should be better. So I just want to make that clear. Now, getting a little more, you know, intricate with it. Power and runners in scoring position, that's obviously talked about a ton You're a bottom five team in baseball with home run total. We just talked about how abysmal you are with clutch hitting. Um, The the players that I want to highlight specifically, and we'll talk about some more, but Haas, Javi, Torque, Riley Green, all extremely low slugging numbers. And going into the year, those were the guys that to some extent you were relying on to hit for power. Carpenter was crushing heaters as well before he got hurt. Um, but he still can't hit non-fastballs for anything. So adjustments need to be made on his regard as well. But at least he was hitting something for power. These other four, legitimately next to zero power currently, I should say next to zero extra base hits. Some of them are hitting the ball hard and just not getting extra base hits. So no slug from those four. And going into the year, those were the guys we talked about relying on for you're not going to be a top half of the baseball team in, in slugging percentage. You're not. That that ship has long sailed. That, sh- that ship sailed in like December. Okay? That's not going to happen. You're not even going to be a top 20 team. You're going to be in the bottom 10 in slug. But if you want to just get out of not being the worst slugging team in baseball, it's going to come down to the, those four and then Carpenter when he's healthy. Individually, Javi's always going to be talked about. He's actually striking out at not only a lower clip than his career numbers say, uh, but also a better than league average clip. His K rate is in the 62nd percentile. He's striking out less than 60% of the league, if you can believe that. He just has zero power. It's May 1st. He still doesn't have a home run. And he is in the first and second percentile, respectively, in barrel percentage and expected slugging percentage. So these strikeout and whiff rate and walk numbers, he's walking at like a better than Javi we're used to clip. I'll gladly take all of them because they're not that bad. But he needs some power. I'll even take those getting a little bit worse if it means a power stroke comes with it. 
We desperately need some power from someone. And Javi was brought in to be one of those guys. Spencer Torgelson and Riley Green are always going to be talked about in this convo as well. The last week, we saw Riley Green actually lift the ball to the pull side, which is great, a great start, but still a lot of work to do. Um, nearly all of his hits to the right – all of his singles are to the right side, and all of his extra base hits, his four extra base hits on the year, all to the left side. Still doesn't have a double yet, which is mind-boggling to me. It's May 1st. He doesn't have a double. He has two triples and two homers. Does not have a double. He's striking out a lot currently as well. That's not too alarming to me. If it was like Joey Gallo number, I'd be like, all right, maybe this is too big for him. But he was always a little bit of a high K rate guy in the minors. So I want it to go down. Don't get me wrong. It is high. We need that to get down a little bit. But it's not so high that I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is like the worst thing ever. He's always, even Riley Green, you know, if he reaches his potential and turns into a stud, that that's gonna he's always gonna strike out at a somewhat decent clip there um so yeah need some adjustments to be made for him spencer torkelson had a pretty rough weekend uh relatively speaking but this season continues to be weird uh he's above league average or better in pretty much every single peripheral there is k rate barrel rate Expected batting average, expected slugging percentage, whiff percentage, average exit velocity. It's all pretty good to just flat out good. But he's batting barely over 200 and has an OPS under 600. His numbers against each individual pitch are are interesting. There's some that are not terrible. There's some that are pretty decent, actually. But the four-seam fastball is really bad so far. But it's mind-boggling because... His, he, he's not swinging and missing at them. His whiff rate is not high against four-seam fastballs. And his hard hit rate against them is over 50%. That's really good. His expected slug against heaters is 524. His actual slug is 364. His line drive rate is 6% better than league average. His ground ball rate is 10% lower than league average. I'm not telling you all of this to say you have to believe in him 100% and you're ridiculous if you don't think so. Look, I'm not one of those people, okay? You evaluate the game how you evaluate the game and all power to you, okay? And and if you're on the other end and you're like, you know what? He has a 575 OPS. I could give less of a you-know-what about his peripherals. He's not contributing. Fair enough. That's objectively true. I'm laying this out to you to just say they're going to see it through. They're going to. He's not going anywhere. So you might as well, when you sit down and watch the Tigers every night, root for him to turn it around and and, and start hitting the ball and getting some actual results because he's, he's not, like, going away. They're going to see it through, and there's at least some things within those peripherals that make you go, huh, well, maybe there is still something here. The ceiling of that we can argue until we're blue in the face. But objectively, there is still some things to like with what he has done despite the awful numbers. So again, I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm just telling you no matter how you feel, his opportunities aren't going anywhere for the reasons that I have just laid out. Okay? Uh, Let's get into a couple more individuals, then we'll get to the pitching side of things. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Game Time. It is the most clutch app out there. Uh... Look, buying tickets to your favorite events should be easy. It shouldn't be stressful. And game time's the fastest and easiest way to do that. 
They have all the sports, music, comedy, theater tickets near you, all at your fingertips. Two taps, and you have tickets sent straight to your phone. You don't have to go through your purse, your wallet, your email. They are all sent straight to you. And they have stuff on the morning of the event. That's why I love it. I just wake up some mornings and go, I want to go to the Tigers game today. Didn't plan on it, but I kind of feel like it. And this app allows me to do that, which is what makes me appreciate game time the most. So download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download the app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also got to tell you all about our friends over at So Rare, a revolutionary fantasy experience. It really is so cool. Uh, they're they're partnered with Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. You've seen the commercials. They're It's unbelievable. It's really a fascinating thing. Um, and you are transformed into a true owner. Like you buy, sell, collect cards, and you are the owner of those cards. And you go up again and compete against other people. You can get rewards, etc., And you can get more powerful cards and access next level competition as you win. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com for SoRare to draft your team of free players, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All righty. Welcome back. Segment two here, LockedOn Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers. Uh, We will be back tomorrow recapping game one of the New York Mets series. Can't believe we're getting Verlander and Scherzer. This team truly is just like the unluckiest team ever. Uh, some more offensive players just before we get into the pitching side of things. Matt Veerling, really good defense, showing off the speed a lot and putting the ball in play, which I appreciate. I, he's not barreling up anything like outside of the home run in Houston. Like not a single thing is getting barreled up, but He's hitting for a decent average, which is kind of what we're expecting out of him. He's wreaking havoc on the base path, and he's playing pretty like sizably plus defense in the outfield as well. So uh, no, no complaints. This was a good thing, not a bad thing. But if he could barrel up just even a few more balls, I, I, he has the potential to be a doubles machine in this ballpark, and uh, I, I would like to see that utilized a little bit more if possible. But not going to complain about one of the only dudes on the team with an OPS over 700. Nick Maton is doing the exact opposite. He is only barreling balls up, and if he's not barreling it up, he is striking out or walking. Uh, I like the fact that he works counts, but besides this weekend, finally, which was nice to see, we haven't seen consistent at-bats over a stretch where he's, like, getting hits. (laughs) I'm not even asking for a 300 average or a 250 average. Just if you walk at a really high clip, just show me the remote ability to have a batting average over 200 at the major league level. And I think that Nick Maton can be a really valuable player for this ball club. But we need to see that or else, uh, I, I mean, if he bats like 140 by the end of May, he's not going to be on this roster. Like, I don't care how much I like the fact that he works counts. Uh, result-oriented business and a 146 average or whatever he was going into the weekend ain't going to cut it. Zach McKinstry has been a great ad so far. Jake Rogers has been plus value on both sides of the plate. Those two are probably my two MVPs so far this season. Um, they, they've been really good. So, uh, yeah, and then when looking at, you know, players in the month of May that could play themselves off of the roster or whatnot, Akil Badu, 
Andy Abanez, Zach Short, they're all relatively expendable on the ball field if they on the ball field, on the baseball field, on the diamond. Uh, if they don't hit well, they will be options to to be replaced by someone in AAA that is hitting. Um, it, it all comes down to if they're hitting. That, that's what, what it is for a lot of these guys. And these three are probably the best example of that. Justin Henry Malloy, I know, has been getting a lot of publicity and whatnot locally. Um, it, it, this is the month where it could be a possibility. By the end of May, it could because service manipulation time is going to be done. And you have a clearer picture of like one month. You can kind of chalk that up sometimes to like, oh, a slow start or a rough patch. Two months, if a, if a dude up here is struggling two months into the season, that's a legitimate like chunk of the season now. That's a, that's a larger sample size. So it is possible we see Justin Henry Malloy by the end of May. So there's something to look forward to there possibly. Let's get into the pitching. This pitching staff has done good enough, I would call it. I'm not going to call it a stellar staff. Their team ERA is not – they're still like in the bottom 10 in baseball. But um, th- there's – really it's an individual-to-individual individual thing, to be honest with you. Um, as a whole, this staff has allowed the sixth fewest walks in the game of baseball, which is dominating the strike zone. That's great. And despite being in the bottom two in baseball in strikeout totals – they're not getting strikeouts, which is really just the way the team is assembled. They don't have any strikeout guys on their team. But despite that, they have the seventh lowest hard hit rate against them and the single lowest line drive rate against them in the entire sport. Two thumbs up. That's awesome. Okay. They are really, really excelling at getting weak contact, which is good. Uh, high fly ball rate. For this team, second highest, uh, how do I explain this? They have the second highest embedded ball data. You can get on top of a ball, you can hit a ball square, or you can get under a baseball. They have the second highest under, getting under the ball, batted ball rate in the entire game of baseball. So a lot of fly balls as well uh, with this team. That's why I didn't bring up like a ground ball rate or anything. Because honestly, they're playing to Comerica Park a lot of the times and getting a lot of routine fly ball outs, which I'll gladly take. I don't care. An out is an out. It's the race to 27 outs. That's the game of baseball. So I'll gladly take a bunch. I'll take 18 cans of corn as long as they're cans of corn, as long as they're non-competitive fly balls to the outfield. And that's what this team's doing a lot of so far. Erod has been great. Not too much to add there. Spencer Turnbull, we just talked about yesterday. There isn't a replacement lined up, which again, we, we said... 24 hours ago, but like he, he just needs to command the zone. He doesn't allow super hard contact, but he allows a ton of contact and he walks everyone like just need a remote feel for the strike zone. But I don't know. We've been saying that since 2019 with him, man. It's, it's really frustrating. Um, Matt Manning, huge year importance wise for him. Disappointing that he's on a 60 day. We'll see. Uh, Joey Wentz, I really like Joey Wentz, and I like the stuff, the cutter, ever since he added that into his repertoire after he had Tommy John uh, down in AAA, he's been a whole new pitcher, and uh, you know his expected ERA is two whole runs lower than his actual ERA currently. His has kind of been a start-to-start thing, and we talk about it a lot. His, his biggest thing right now is not letting one mistake become five in a row. Like He, he needs to be able to to kind of put the, the bubble gum on the leaky pipe and and really stop damage and stop the snowball effect from happening. Uh, Matt Boyd, we know what Matt Boyd is. Uh, he's going to get a lot of strikeouts. 
but he's also going to give up quite a lot of home runs. And he's also going to eat innings and you're probably going to have more good innings than bad innings over the course of a season. But it's all going to come down to how many home runs is he going to give up? And in the second half, is it all going to fall apart like we've seen time and time again before over his career? Okay. Then lastly, Michael Lorenzen on the staff um, just hasn't found consistent command yet at all. Uh, But the stuff actually looks pretty good. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's also a few starts behind everybody else, right? Because of the injury to start off the season. So uh, and everybody else was pretty bad the first two times through the rotation, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll see, kind of give him slight benefit of the doubt there. May will be a really important month as far as uh, kind, of, kind of seeing what type of season we're going to get out of Michael Lorenzen this year. Okay, let's get to the bullpen. All right, let's get to this pen who has, it's been a roller coaster. Some really, really high highs and some really low lows for this bullpen so far already a month into the season. But first, I have to talk to you guys about our friends over at BetterHelp. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Uh, It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind, okay? Therapy is some that hits close home for me. I've been going for five or six years now. This is an awesome service. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suitable to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and Coolest feature ever, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I cannot express how important the right fit is with therapy, the relationship between you and your therapist, and being able to have that ability for no additional charge is an awesome thing that they offer. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MLB today. All right, everybody. Excuse me. Welcome back. Third and final segment, Locked on Tigers. Uh, Okay, let's talk about this bullpen. Uh, Currently, I really think it's Jason Foley, Alex Lang, and then like everybody else. That's kind of how I feel. (laughs) And we talked about that a little bit last time, uh, last time, last episode. The Tigers did add three relievers to their system today, which I think is worth noting. They did bring in, uh, they claimed right-handed reliever Braden Bristow off of waivers from Tampa Bay. Now that's a waiver claim, which means he's on the 40-man to make room. They unfortunately moved Austin Meadows to the 60-day di- day IL with his battle with anxiety. Wish him nothing but the best, man. That's a tough situation. But Braden Bristow is the replacement on the 40-man for him because when you're on the 10-day, you're still taking up a 40-man, but when you're on your 60-day, you're not taking up a 40-man spot. Um, so we'll see when Bristow's going to get brought into the mix here. Uh, he's got some high strikeout numbers as a pro, but also has some high walk numbers. So clearly they see something they can work with there. Um, and then Heath Hembry as well. He was big for the Red Sox like a decade ago. Not like huge, but he had some pretty effective seasons. He's like 34-ish now. Uh, so we'll see. But again, a, a depth signing for the Tigers, has some decent strikeout numbers as well, even lately. And then uh, they also brought in a reliever from the, I want to say the last pitch for the Washington Nationals, Sam Clay, 
who's a lefty, like ground ball, sinker ball type of pitcher. Um, we have the best ground ball reliever maybe in the entire game of baseball, so that shouldn't be scoffed at either, the, the ability to maybe get him to be an effective reliever. Um, but, yeah, three relievers added to the Tigers organization on Monday. None of them at the major league level, okay? So no major league moves to announce yet. Bristow was optioned to AAA when he was claimed. Um, but that that is something to, to, to worth noting. Like, for as much as we've talked about this bullpen lately – we got three more dudes getting added to a, a reliever mix in the minors that already was uh, kind of full. Like Miguel Diaz has had a really good start to the year. Miguel Del Pozo has put together some some decent outings. So you got a, a pool of guys kind of waiting for their chance to, uh, to to pitch in the majors in this bullpen. Mason Inglert, as far as players that are on the major league team currently, uh, you, you know, he's shown flashes to be a solid long reliever, but also has given up some really hard contact, lots of home runs, but the whip is low and the ERA is back under five for a rule five pick. That's not bad, but the whip is like around one. It's really just the, the propensity to give up the long ball. Like that's really it. So if we can just eliminate that, I, I think he can be really effective. Um, pitch mix is a big thing for him. He doesn't really have a fastball, which is kind of head scratcher for a major leaguer. But um, so that might be something we have to keep an eye on there. Tyler Alexander is going to have a four and a half or five ERA somewhere around there most of the year and innings out of the pen. Uh, Tyler Holton and Will Vest have been really good so far in the majors, but weren't really good in AAA before their call-ups. And these are pretty small sample sizes still. So we'll see how they progress. But for now, we'll gladly take the fact that both of them have been really good. I think, again, like with the three reliever ads this organization did on Monday, they're going to keep that revolving door open. And I think that that's going to be something in May. We see probably by the end of May, you're, you're talking about heading into June, we probably see a lot of roster movement by the end of this month. Shreve has been struggling lately. Winginter. Uh, was not doing too great before he got hurt. We'll see what happens when he gets back from his injury. Will Vest and Tyler Holton are going to be uh, relatively like short leashes as well, kind of based on their performances lately. And if those four, like if they don't perform, someone else is going to get a shot. And we have a pretty big pool to choose from there. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, defense has been good. Like not even like with a clause on it. Like, just genuinely, this defense has been good. Would you look at that? Team outs above average. The Tigers have the third highest team OAA in baseball with a plus eight already. Matt Veerling, Zach McKinstry, Javi Baez have all been big-time plus defenders. Javi Baez has been – I know everyone likes to clown on him for the, the throwing errors stuff. He's limited those so far this season. We haven't seen a boatload of throwing errors. And absolutely, Spencer Torkelson deserves a ton of credit for scooping a lot of low throws out. But uh, Javi Baez is in like the 99th percentile and outs above average currently. And Veerling and McKinstry, again, really high up there as well. Torkelson's been good, as we said. Um, so just, yeah, really sound defense from this team. And again, like this is, this is as a whole. Obviously, they have their moments where they let the ball drop between four outfield or four outfielders, four players rather. And they have their their dumb moments in the field for sure. But as a whole, covering a lot of the field and whatnot, this team has actually been legitimately one of the best in baseball so far. So we'll take it. Overall, okay, overall recap, then we'll get you out of here. Um, Tigers are 10-17 and 17 after April. Best April record since like 2019. <laughs> it's really not great. Not a thing to brag about. 
They had a really hard schedule to start off the season. I know a lot of people don't like that excuse. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm using it as an objective truth. Um, and they still have that hard schedule remaining for a few more weeks. The Mets, Cardinals, Guardians, Mariners, and then a two-game set against the Pirates, which is now not a gimme anymore. That's your remaining next, like, two and a half weeks. Then you finally get some pretty bad teams at the end of the month. You get, like, the Nationals, Royals, uh, White Sox, who are awful. So you, you kind of have that to look forward to at the end by the end of the month. But, um, yeah, like, all I've been asking for is to keep your head above water, right? I've said that phrase a million times. Just don't be completely out of it to where, like, you're, you're like the Royals or the A's right now. And that's still on the table. Is it likely? No, I didn't say it's likely. You don't put words in my mouth, okay? I'm certainly not saying it's likely. And I can already hear somebody saying that I said it. I didn't say likely. I don't think it's likely. But it is still possible to be in the realm of somewhat relative competitiveness. The bar is really on the floor. You're six games out of the division. You're like four and a half out of the wild card. I'm not standings watching. We're not going to make the playoffs. But like that's a relatively in the mix team. Just be around that at the end of this brutal schedule to start off the year. And we can regroup and talk about what they need to do the rest of the year to stay there. Okay. So we talked in April uh, this entire show kind of – well, yeah, that is what we did. The entire show we talked about April. Looking in, in, into May, the biggest things I want to see are find someone with a power stroke. Literally one person. And I don't care who it is either. <coughs> I, I don't care. It, it could be you. It could be me. I, I Anyone with a remote ounce of power would be awesome. Torgelson and Green raising their stats throughout the season is obviously like a long-term thing that we want to see. And you can always point to the runners in scoring position number and want that to go up. These are all true. <coughs> but if I just want one immediate thing to point to, just give me someone with the ability to hit a double or clear the bases at any point in a ball game. Okay. By the end of the month, I'd also like to see some of these sustained hot bats in Toledo get opportunities at the major league level as well. We've already seen a lot of it. Andy Ibanez is up, et cetera. Um, Justin Henry Malloy, maybe get a look by the end of the month. Um, so, yeah, starting pitching-wise, Spencer Turnbull is my biggest question mark comfortably for the month of May. This is really a make-or-break month. If he repeats May in April, I'm not sure how you can keep justifying sending him out there in June. So, need some good starts from Red Bull for sure. Uh, and then reliever, uh, this one is fascinating to me. I want someone to take the, t- grab the torch and run with third best reliever on this team role. Alex Lang and Jason Foley have been phenomenal. Okay. They've been great. If you can get a third reliever to be, I'm not asking for a one five, one four ERA like the two of them have, but if you can even get someone to be a, a, an above-league average reliever and really be the solidified third-best dude in this pen, that's almost half a bullpen. That's three of eight guys. You could actually piece together a pretty solid bullpen core here with that. And it just takes one more. 
The difference percentage-wise between two of eight and three of eight is massive. So that's really the biggest thing. I'm just looking for one person to just take the throne of third best. Again, really obtainable stuff. I'm not trying to ask for the world here. I'm not just going to come on here and be like, why aren't you the Dodgers? <laughs> why aren't you the, the, I don't know, pick a team. I'm really just asking for some minor improvement to maintain relatively competitive baseball here. Like I said, you're six out of the division. You're four and a half out of the wild card. We'll check back on June 1st and, and see how much has changed. But those are kind of the biggest observations I've had one month into the season, as well as what I want to see in May to kind of get this thing a little bit more on track and not have it completely fall apart which is very possible. Okay? All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do turn in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping the Mets game. Didn't have too much time to recap it. I don't want this to be a 40-minute show, so we're going to cut it off here. Maybe we can talk about the Mets as a whole on tomorrow's show a little bit more, but it's a really good team that is scuffling a little bit lately. Um, they spent more money than anyone comfortably <laughs> just like Elon money right over there uh, and, and spent a boatload of money and haven't really reaped the benefits of it, but did have the Scherzer suspension. Isn't it just so nice? First game back Scherzer suspension is against the Tigers and Verlander's first start of the year coming off injury against the Tigers. I swear, man, the just the unluckiest team in baseball. It, it's it's mind-boggling to me. So uh, we'll get them for two of the three this week. Yeah. So there you go. There are some holes in that lineup, though. That's what I was trying to say. Just in the sense of, like, with how much money they spent, you'd think that this was just some all-star team. There is some pretty sizable stretches in that lineup where you can get some outs. Not going to call it winnable. Not going to call them beatable. Not going to happen. All right. Let's see how they do. So we'll be back tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I appreciate y'all so much. Go Tigers, baby.